0: And one of the main things is toxic workplaces. HR has been turning their back. Um, They have been believing the executives over the entry level or mid level employees. Um, They, um, you know, they really side on the company, which I understand they're hired by the company, but they also need to really take into account that what an employee is going through is what they're going through. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emo intelligence the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now, here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant.
1: Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by FeedSpot. And so, I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now, and I'm in the command center of the Immotelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about a a topic that some people are afraid to talk about. They shy away from or they just act as if it doesn't happen or simply because they just feel like they can't talk about it because to do so the repercussions from that may not be what they are willing to deal with or ready to deal with. But today, our guest, Heidi Lynn Curter, is going to talk about that. She's going to share from her own experience that how she's experienced the topic of bullying, about a toxic work environment, and how HR and many other leaders are complicit in allowing this to continue and and sometimes those leaders are the very culprits and you'll hear her story, you'll hear my own experience, but there's a lot more in this episode that she discussed and talked about that I believe will help you give a a well rounded idea of what to do or what can be done and how to identify and spot these things, and a whole lot more. So I don't want to take away from what she's going to share. So let me kind of shut up on that and then go on to something else real quickly before I introduce her to you. But I want to say if this is your first time listening to the Kings of Grant show. A big thank you. Thank you for coming and listening. And we hope that this is not your first or and last, but your first of many other visits to the kings of grand show if you have been listening for a while and you are returning guest, thank you so very much for taking the time to return and possibly inviting someone to listen with you i truly appreciate that because without you this show really would not be happening and be as successful as it is right now and even just being is poised to become even bigger and better so thank you for that now, if you have not yet left me a review and rating on iTunes podcast, please, on Apple, I'm sorry, Apple podcast, that's the right name now. Would you take some time and leave a rating and review? That's the way I know that you truly are digging this ep- this podcast and this show is really helping you and you want to see it become even more successful and people can find it. So please do that that's the way I get a feedback from you, and I truly appreciate that and one last thing is that to let you know, this show has been brought to you by Kingspire Communications, where we help leaders get better results and turn around toxic work environments through coaching, keynote speeches, training, and consulting. So if you want to know more about that, would you then go to Kingsley? Grant.com, kings of and connect with me there so we can actually have the conversation. So, my friend, that is what I want to share with you. So, without further ado, would you put your hands together and help me welcome to the show our guest, Miss Heidi Lynn Curter. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on the Kings of Grand Show, where leadership and emotional intelligence skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders who want to get better results from knowing what works and what doesn't work in today's workplace. Today, we have a special guest on the show. Her name is Heidi Lynn Curter. Let me tell you a few things about Heidi and we'll fill in the rest as we go. Heidi is an HR consultant, leadership coach, Forbes contributor, and mentor for domestic violence survivors. She has lived in Asia, America, and Germany, helping individuals and businesses attract, hire, and retain top talent and gain the confidence to put themselves out there and become better leaders for themselves and their business. Heidi, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be on here. Thank you for having me.
1: Sure. So where in the world is Heidi today?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right now, I am back in the United States. I'm currently in Philadelphia until 2020, so about January, February, and then I'll be in Chicago.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I've been kind of tracking you around the world. So I'm, you know, like okay, now she's here, now she's there. So it's great actually <laughs> we could pin down a time that you could be on this show. So I really appreciate that. So the question I open up and uh the show with um Heidi is when you hear the word leader and or leadership, what comes to your mind?
0: That's such a great question. Um, To me, a leader is someone who is committed to the growth of their people. And what I mean by that is it's someone who doesn't look at it from like a top-down perspective, but it's sort of an equal, right? So when I was in the workplace, what I really loved is when I wasn't just viewed as a number. Someone viewed me as a human being. They noticed when I was having an off day. Um, they noticed when I was struggling with something and didn't resort to reprimanding me, but to developing me and giving me feedback. They wanted to motivate me, inspire me, empower me. Um, you know, And it wasn't necessarily like hand-holding, but it's being there for another individual and wanting them to develop into the best version of themselves. And it's also um, using that opportunity to continue developing yourself. I truly believe leadership is a lifelong thing. You never stop growing um, and you're always adapting. You're learning, you're, you're adapting, you're finding the best way to do something um, to help other individuals.
1: You know, I really like that because I think they, you know, even personalizing it to your own experience and How you when you notice the leaders doing not taking treating you as a number but as a person? It it sounds like when they did that, it shifted something for you. Am I correct? That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, um, a leader who wants to be that way and as you describe and not the top-down kind of leadership, but the more equal. What do you find that in your experience or? just to think about leaders who possibly look at that as a, you know, um, a weakness or it's like uh, less than and it doesn't give them the status of leader. Do do you, I find some leaders may have some problem or uh, uh, hesitancy with that.
0: I think this is my own personal belief and some things that I've witnessed. I think when they have that belief, they're truly not a leader, right? Mm. So it's all about the power, um, what they can do with their power. They're, um, and I, I've noticed this. Okay, so I have dealt with um, poor leadership, toxic leadership, and I've dealt with positive leadership. And the difference is, is the uh, poor leadership, toxic leaders, they thrive off of claiming to be that leader, right? They're promoting it, and they're they put it everywhere. They talk about it all the time. But a good leader doesn't promote it. They're about action and behaviors. And that's how they show their leadership. So I think that I hope that answers your question.
1: (laughs) No, it it does. Because, you know, I, I wrote an article that really kind of gained some traction quite a bit in LinkedIn. And I, I talk about this very same thing, which really actually this article went viral. And my thing was, you know, leader, I mean, people do not follow leaders, they follow what they see in leaders. And, you know, my whole argument was that, yes, you may have a position, but if a leader is not showing number one, that they Care about their people, they want their best in their people, they want them to become the best version as you describe of themselves, then people are, are going to be be um, you know kind of reluctant to want to follow and give that person their best self right exactly hands down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so um, you mentioned about the toxicity um, in the workplace and a leader who might look at their um, from a positional or a you know a role like i 'm a leader. What are some of the dangers of leaders who possibly might have that mindset that I'm a leader and uh, you need to, right? What are some of the possible things that may happen, whether it's um, intentionally or maybe unintentionally, with that kind of mindset?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, (laughs) So... I'll talk about my personal experience, and I've noticed that I've been speaking up more about what I have gone through, and Mm -hmm. others relate, so I'm sure your listeners could probably relate to this as well. But um, when people take that leadership title, and they focus solely on that, what happens is they end up micromanaging. Mm -hmm. They... um, you know, they start, they create this uh, toxic team environment. They um, start abusing, whether it's verbally or um, emotionally or mentally, they start bullying another person. Um, They don't show that they value or care about their team members, right? So maybe they're results oriented, like, how can I have my team produce the best results to make me look better as a leader so that I can go to the executive board and show what my team is doing. And they're, they're viewing their team members as just numbers, right? Mm. Like produce this for me, make this outcome for me. This makes me look good. And you know, to me, that's just so such an abuse of power, right? Mm. Because yeah, you may be getting that output But your team doesn't respect you. Your team is losing their own confidence. They're losing their motivation. They're miserable. They're stressed Mm. out. They're going home. They're taking it out on their family. They're not sleeping at night. They're emotionally eating. You know what I mean? So all these factors is, you know, they're focusing on the result, but they're not caring about the human element of it. And this contributes to turnover. This contributes to toxic workplace cultures. This contributes to a greater problem in the workplace that not only affects the team, but it starts to bleed into the bigger picture of the company.
1: Mm. You know, those are the things I believe people may not or leaders uh, fail to realize that they could possibly be the contributing factor too burnout to, uh, the retention issue to engagement and all the different things you described just now, just by taking that mind, that role of thinking, Oh, I'm the leader and I'm in this position. So you must, you must do as I say. But what I'm hearing you're saying, it could truly lead to some very, um, negative things like, you know, bullying and it could lead to, you know, productivity going down. So business could be impacted in a negative way when leaders are, when, when their staff, their organization with these kind of leaders,
0: exactly, hands down, hmm. exactly. So you,
1: you, here's the thing: I, I, I've heard this quite a bit, and you write about this quite a bit, um, Heidi. And and you the, the word bullying, because I wonder sometimes if some leaders might even be ignorant or not even realize they're they're actually being in a bullying um, context or behaving in a bullying manner. And when a person is trying to bring that to their attention, they might be, you know, trying to justify or defend and not see it that way. Do you find that this, may, what does it look like in, in, I know it may vary from place to place, but what are some things that may, may um, uh, when a leader is in a bullying um, position or bullying mode, what are some of the things that people may, may see happen in that time, during those times?
0: Yeah. So a lot of it will do with comments, right? So maybe they may make like a personal dig at you, which they perceive to be as joking, Mm. but it could be offensive to that individual. And this could, these comments can range from the way you dress your background. Um, I don't know anything, right? Mm. The way you do things, um, um for me like when i was bullied it was a lot of personal issues um i also my boss was very she micromanaged me mm. and so they want to know what you do they, they she claimed to want to build a relationship with me but what <laughs> she did was she stalked my social media channels mm. and she would see what I was doing, where I was traveling to, um, outfits that I was wearing, um, food that I was posting about. And she would just make these nasty comments to me about mm. them. And maybe, maybe leaders, you know, think that that's a, a, a conversation builder, but why would you be stalking your team members mm-hmm. like that.
1: <laughs> no, that's a uh, good point. You know, I never uh, I never thought about that. And I'm glad you're bringing that into the conversation because, you know, I, I, I think some leaders are, are just like um, unaware that that is something that they ought to be considering or thinking about.
0: Oh, yeah. Hands down. Um, it's really about do you have a good intention when you do something? If you are feeling the need to stalk an employee's Facebook or social media page, right, and kind of see what they're up to. Um, and you're not friends with them. I think you need to reevaluate building a stronger relationship. Where when you ask the question, "Hey, what are your plans this weekend?" that they feel comfortable telling you that.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, so really, it's what I'm hearing you're saying. Then, like you know, and I I write about this in my book, "The Most Intelligent Leader: Succeed Where Others Failed." And one of the points I make is that the leader ought to take the time to because one of the chapters is says leadership is relationship and i drive home the point of how the leader ought to build genuine relationship but show it from a concerning like i really care about you i'm not wanting to use this relationship for my own my own you know um my own goals i don't want to use it i want to really let you know that i want the best for um for you hence me building that relationship so what i'm hearing you're saying Trust is built in that uh in that moment. And if they if the leader and that person have that kind of relationship, then they won't see it as a bullying. Am I correct? Am I following that train of thought? Ooh,
0: yes and no. Okay. I mean yeah, they can build the relationship that way, but they also have to be mindful about the comments that they make, right? Mm. Um so absolutely. You're you're definitely right about that. Um, you know, building the trust, building the relationship. Um But you also have to be very mindful because think about like your best friend, right? Um, I've once had a toxic best friend and I considered her my best friend and we started to grow apart. We grew apart because she was always making nasty comments. She was always Mm -hmm. belittling me. I'm talking down to me. And even though like I trusted her that I could go to her about things that were important to me in other aspects, she uh, she uh, tried to drag me down. Does that make
1: sense? <laughs> it, no, no, it does. I, I think you're you're onto something. You know, because I, I I see it's a very subtle thing. It can be a very subtle thing sometimes that leaders may not be aware that they are in a sense in uh, they're they're thinking that they are actually you know being uh, I'm going to say hip or whatever the case might be, but in a sense they could actually be driving uh, a that wedge between them and their people by behaving that way, um and and not even realize it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is for leadership, you have to always self reflect. You have to always look inward and see what you can develop. Because if you start to think that you're perfect and there's nothing more to improve, mm-hmm. that's just gonna cause some problems.
1: So when you you find um and I think that was um a great way segue for my, my, my next question here, Heidi, because one of the things I know that you are an expert is on the area of the HR. So I wonder then, what can HR do, if anything, to somehow bring an awareness, or I'm not sure what word I would use here, that would help their leaders do better in this in this area?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll be the first to admit, I am HR, but HR is broken. Right. Um, There's a lot broken. And I've been using my platform to really bring awareness to that. And one of the main things is toxic workplaces. HR has been turning their back. Um, They have been believing the executives over the entry level or mid-level employees. Um, They, um, you know, (laughs) they really side on the company, which I understand they are hired by the company. But they also need to really take into account that what an employee is going through is what they're going through. You need to dig deeper into that. Don't just because an executive, you know, he's well liked throughout the company, and he's doing well, and he's a top performer, and he's this and is that don't just turn a blind eye and assume that he can't be a toxic, poor leader, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what the results are that he's bringing in, like he's tainting the overall workplace culture. So what HR needs to do is they need to bring more training in. They need to evaluate the training. Who is receptive to the training? Who's improving? Who's not improving? Who's not showing up for trainings? Because there's always those managers that don't think the training benefits them. Mm. And those are managers that you need to follow up with and you need to figure out why they think that they don't need to continue improving. That is the biggest problem is because HR continues to let that slide and that contributes to a toxic workplace. They also need to create, be more hands-on and involved. They need to do check-ins, right? So managers should absolutely be doing check-ins, but HR needs to be doing check-ins as well too. They need to create that open-door policy. They need to uh, promote that they have an open-door policy that is confidential. um, And they need to um, just be there, be that listening ear for the employee. There's so many businesses that I've been in where HR was part of the gossip Mm -hmm. HR just kind of was like oh I don't want to deal with this work it out with the person that's bullying you how does that help like they use this excuse oh you're an adult figure it out Mm -hmm. yeah I get it like but when you're being bullied by the person who is your manager that is an abuse of power someone needs to step in and that is HR's role to step in find the resources and figure out a way to um, make a pot like make a better situation out of that instead what they do is they're like oh we're just going to transfer you to a different department mm. but that doesn't anything because a bully is still a bully mm.
1: <laughs> no you know what I- i'm glad that you took the time to really expand expand on that heidi because you know i i see sometimes that happen or i hear that and i know that you know you you know again this shuffle the chairs on the, the Titanic is going down, it doesn't mean you're gonna face a problem. So like moving people around when that one person ought to be addressed and realize that he or she is causing harm to the overall objectives of the company. You know, I wrote an article just recently and I I I titled it this way. I said, admired leaders make sure, and I said they're the responsibility, make sure the temperature within the workplace is set on safe And comfortable, and and I say not only do they have to set the the temperature that way, but the second most important thing, which is I believe, is to monitor to make sure the temperature remains safe and comfortable. So what I'm hearing Mm -hmm. you're saying is HR, in a sense, ought to monitor as well as management that the people that are the main resource and the most important resource of the company are experiencing a safe environment and also a comfortable environment. Am I correct in that? Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. So say the manager, because I think this is where I, I find, and I what I love about what you do, Heidi, is that you're very, you know, um, I, I would say you're out there using your platform to call attention and you, you use a phrase that HR is broken and you're thinking that here's what you need to do to fix it. Now, what might be the benefits of HR listening to you and fixing the problem? What are the advantages to that or benefits to that that would say, hey, you know what? We need to take note of this and do something.
0: Yeah, the benefits are you're going to have people that trust you, right? So it's not just one or two employees out of 50, right? It's you're going to have a workplace that trusts you you're going to have um, a team of people that are for you that um are more productive that will put will voluntarily go above and beyond and they want to come to work they brag about what they do they feel comfortable right and there's so many benefits when hr um vouches for their people when hr goes the bat for their people and they show up is you create this atmosphere that's like a strong bond that's unbreakable. And those types of companies, when you have that type of workplace culture, you can only go up. You can only mm. thrive because it's, it not only positively impacts the internal happenings of the workplace culture, right? But all your clients or your customers, however you label them, right, they experience that. People outside, when you go to events and people are proud to work at the company, mm. or they bond between um the higher level and the lower level or the mid-level right they see that bond that speaks for itself and that promotes the company so there's a wealth of benefits that is so overlooked but Mm -hmm. when when hr is there for its people you're creating this foundation that's unbreakable
1: you know i I love love that because i think what you have just painted and i could see a leader you know even a, a business owner realizing wait a minute we, I need to take stock of this because what you just kind of shared, I believe, um, Heidi, is is so essential. I mean, you know, I can speak from my own experience. I remember I was in a workplace setting where I felt that the, one of the person in the leadership was kind of a bully. This person was truly, you know, throw their power around and use that to intimidate. And if you fell out of line, you know, watch out. So I remember, you know, I had a situation where a between this person who was at top is a coordinator who was a, a, in the in department. And, and something happened. And what happened was this person brought what I did, which was nothing negative. It was more, I, in my belief, was trying to help the company make some changes because I'm on the front line. I see things. I hear things. And I'm making a suggestion. Instead of this person that I met, went to, sat down and talked and this brainstorm, they took it. I'm not sure if they were well-intentioned or wanted to, I don't know Short the problem was. They took it to the upper person who was, I feel, a bully kind of a leader. And out of something very small, you know, it became this big thing. And, I, and from that day, I said to myself, I will never bring anything good or bad that could help the company because if it's going to end this way, forget it. And the long story short is this, I end up leaving that company. And I'm thinking... You know, I think I was a pretty good worker. I thought I had the best interest for the company. I want him to succeed, but once that one that happened, everything fell apart. And I'm wondering here, what you're sharing. I believe, is it to me, it became very toxic. And HR is not a big company, but I think the HR people who were there should look into. And they never asked me any question. Why did you leave? Why are you leaving? Had they done that, and I brought it to your attention, possibly. Which I believe will happen again, that this person is only gonna do the very same thing to somebody else who may make a suggestion or whatever the case might be. And I think that they will keep on just remaining not only small, but they will eventually um sh- um just dwindle in their potential because of these various various things. So I'm glad that you bring that to because that brought back to that to my mind when you mentioned that.
0: Yeah, and you know what also sparks um, something for me is the exit interview and the interview. Right, so so many people they go through a situation and they're scared to speak up about it. Maybe the exit interview because it'll ruin their um, their reference, or maybe in an interview because uh, interviewers and in HR and you know hiring managers they look down on when you talk negatively about a previous employer. But what happens when let's say you're fired from a previous company because you stood up to your bully, and you go and you're asked, hey? why did you leave the other company? And you say, well, Hey, like um, it was a toxic situation and this and that. And even though you're telling the truth, people will look down on you because they consider that like, well, Mm. what's right. You know? And that's still a thing that's broken. It's like, I understand like there's a difference between going on a 10 minute tangent about why you hate your old employer and they're stupid or being like, it was a toxic work environment. A, B and C happened to me and I was let go. You know what I mean, and yes. there's still stigma that we can't talk about this it, that's just so broken to me
1: mm. so th- i I like that because on the exit interview I think had someone asked me on a quote exit interview and I would share with them and possibly if they, they could fix for the for the future but you mentioned yeah. also the in the um the intake the you know the entrance interview what would be different about what they're doing now that they're not doing um but like what would be different about what you're suggesting than what they're doing right now?
0: They need to be more open-minded, right? So so many people, like you go through application processes and I'm always randomly checking out companies, application processes. Cause I'm a nerd like that. And I like <laughs> to see how they're changing. <laughs> um, and so many people, so many companies have it as a required question, but it's only in a checkbox. Yes or no, there's no explanation. And to me, it's like, well, what happens? Like it's, like the question is typically phrased, were you ever uh, pushed out, asked to resign or fired from a company? Right. Mm -hmm. And you're, what if they click? Yes. Well, are you going to overlook their resume then? Like what's going to happen? Why don't you let them explain? And then if they do explain most times it's like, Oh, they're negative. They're complaining. No, you really need to be open-minded. So I think if you're going to, like I don't even know if I agree with that question being on application. Mm-hmm. I think it should be more on a phone call or an interview where you can really talk to the person and figure out the situation and you could determine, okay, are they going on this tangent and there's something else more here or was this like, wow, you know what? It was a poor fit. Because guess what? There there are so many people that they get they get into the wrong company that's a poor cultural fit but just mm-hmm. because um, Nike is a poor cultural fit for me doesn't mean that Adidas is going to be the same because mm-hmm. those cultures are completely different. You know what I mean? So you really need to figure out what happened.
1: That's a very good point. You know, I I, I agree. I think I haven't heard you explain it that way. I think they, you know, a, a company or an owner, if you're listening right now, you may want to go back and look at your, your entry, you know, your interview that you use. for Online for people to check a box. Maybe you're you're actually excluding possibly someone who could be your best employee because they they check you know yes or whatever the case might be, and then not have the conversation that would make sense for you. That you're losing out. So I think that's a very very good point, and I'm glad you're on this. Um, you know, I would say this this uh, mission, so to speak, to help HR rethink some things as to what they're doing because I can see how there is a a benefit to doing that and potentially they could get a a better worker than they're actually ending up with who may check the box a different way, but they don't have what the company is looking for.
0: Exactly. And I know I've career coached some people and the common thread that comes up that for those have been fired, right? They disregard Applications and they don't even finish the process because they're too embarrassed. They're like, if I click yes, they're not even going to review my mm. application anyway. They don't care what I have to say. So it's like,
1: mm. it's, yeah, that's 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 a broken system, all right. And, and that's why I say, you know, one, part of this, one of the reasons for this show is to help leaders know what works and what doesn't work in the twenty first century and what they need to revise. And to get better results, and sure, if you want to get better results, you got to do things differently, because what got you here won't get you there, wherever your there is. So, Heidi, we—I mean, we could keep on talking about this all day long, because I'm so intrigued and so <laughs> fascinated about how you're framing this conversation, and I think it's so helpful because I—I I think our a listener today is going to get something very. I would say um, different from what they probably seeing and hearing out there. So I appreciate the angle from which you're coming. So say someone is very interested in learning more and about you, Heidi, and possibly uh, you know bringing you in as a consultant or a coach or however it might be. How would they go about finding out more about you and um, and and getting in contact with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested and kind of see what I'm about, um, kind of. Seeing how we I can help you? You can go to my website. It's Heidi Lynn Co. That's C O dot com. That has all of my information, and from there. You can also check out my social media. The two that I would say I'm most active on, and you will definitely see me advocating for um, (laughs) toxic workplaces (laughs) and leadership, would be LinkedIn and my Facebook page. But if you go to my website, um, in the upper left-hand corner, I believe you'll see all my social media icons or at the bottom of the page. Just click them, connect with me, reach out. I'd love to talk more
1: yeah and, and and by the way it's h e i d i l y n n e c o dot com so it's heidi dot com and as i mentioned before that you know this is you will be very um the content that heidi puts out is is rich content you know she writes for major platforms as well so you you will be able to, to get some helpful things from her but connect with her again at heidi dot com h e i d i l y n n e c o dot com and we have the link with the show the notes that goes along with the show that you can actually connect click click on and go right to her page so Heidi I want to say thank you so very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule and at least you're you're planning for a few months so thank you for taking the time to be on the kings of grand show and delivering such great content for us today
0: yeah, thank you for creating the space for this amazing platform and inviting me on, and I loved it. It was great. <laughs>
1: thank you so much. And there you have it, my friend. I I hope you get as much from this episode as I did, learned some things, and you actually became more aware, right? The awareness that Heidi brought and her personalizing her own experience and Allowing us to 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 get the context and the a better understanding of what that looks like in the workplace. So I hope that you're going to share this with someone who needs to listen about this, and you're going to make sure that Heidi knows that you listened and appreciated what she had to share, and you can really go and connect with her. And if you are on LinkedIn, which I hope you are, I, I just want you to 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 add that on that um, platform when I post this episode, when you see this, would you comment? Would you give some feedback and shout out to Heidi and myself? Let us know what your thoughts are. If you have any questions or you want to just get involved in this conversation, I would love to have that taking place on LinkedIn, but again, you have the links that we will have in the, in the notes that follow the show where you can connect with Heidi, get to know more about her and follow her because she has a lot to say, a lot more in her write-ins and all those. You can really get a hold of that. So I want to say thank you so very much. And I want to also say thank you for partnering with me in, in the Kings of Grand show. This show, as I mentioned before, is what it is because of you. And what I have done is created a platform, a way for you to even partner with me even more than you have in a very, very practical way. As you know, this show, every single time I put this show out, basically, I, the quality of the show is what it is, but it can get even better. And I want to be able to do much better than I am, plus a whole lot more for you. And so I've created a, an opportunity for you to join and partner with me on a platform called Patreon, dot com. And if you go to Patreon.com slash Kingsley, Grant, you can find out more about that and how you can be a part of, of the practical help and support for this show. So again, it's patreon.com slash Kingsley Grant, and just find out more about how you can be a part of this, because I know, I know that some of you want to show your appreciation in many in other ways, and I want to give you an opportunity to do just that. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you do and continue to do. With that said, my friend, remember this. You are one skill away. One skill away. And I, I I begin to call, you know, us, you and I, skills hackers, right? Skills hackers. You hear more about that as the time goes by. So, hey, skills hackers, you are one skill away from whatever your best hope is, and I hope this show is bringing you closer to that. My friend, with that said, we need to put this show back into the vault. So would you help me? Let's put the show back in the vault. Let's tuck it away. Here we go. There it is. Now that this show is tucked away, I can safely exit the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute and then say our goodbye. And this is a way we close out. As you know, who've been coming here for a while. If it's new, here's how we close out our show. With that said, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.